back to another episode of Creep Academy. I'm your host, Gasly Ash, and this episode I wanted to do just something kind of off the cuff a little bit. I'm calling this one the extra credit episode. I'm going to be doing this in between all of the episodes. It's kind of just a show to talk about random little tidbits that I don't have a full amount of time for, just little reviews or whatever. So this episode, basically, I'm going to just rant, I guess, at my own pace, and it's not really all that scripted or outlined or researched like the other stuff because it's just topics that I enjoy. But today I wanted to do a couple of reviews on some horror stuff that I had recently encountered. One's a book and one is a movie. I also wanted to talk about a couple of updates on the horror conventions and cancellations and things like that are that are kind of coming down the pipeline regarding COVID. A couple just other things that maybe will keep you guys occupied during your lockdown as opposed to just the whole podcasting thing, which I'm hoping you're listening to. I don't know. So let's get started. A word of warning, though, because this is so off the cuff, I might have verbal tics like ums and likes and things like that, so I apologize in advance. And you may hear my dog or my cat or Call of Duty in the background (laughs) from my roommate. We'll see how this goes. Anyway, I wanted to kind of start with the reviews just because it's the one topic that has more meat to it. I'm going to start with the book called Baby Teeth. Now, I read this, um, I want to say a little bit ago, so it's been over a month, I don't know, but I've kind of just been sitting with it and thinking about it and stuff like that. It had come really highly recommended to me by this book group that I'm in. I've just seen rave reviews everywhere and stuff like that. If you're not familiar, Baby Teeth is classified as a thriller or suspense horror. It has a bunch of different things, but I would personally group it as a psychological thriller. It's written by, I'm hoping I'm saying her name right, Zoe Stage, but it's spelled Z-O-J-E. Honestly, wasn't a big fan about this book as much as everyone else seems to be. I kind of felt like it was a little bit repetitive. So basically what this book was about is this seven-year-old girl named Hannah and the relationship with her mom. Now, the thing that's weird about their relationship is Hannah doesn't speak. It's hinted at that she can in so many ways, and she does a few times, but it doesn't really say why she won't. And in her little internal monologue, there's a lot of times when she says she has trouble verbalizing what she wants to say. So, I mean, it it really doesn't become too clear as to what the issue is here, but Basically, Hannah, this little seven-year-old, has it out for her mom. She doesn't like her. She has this really calculated way of interacting with her mom. She kind of manipulates her and puts her in harm's way. And basically, she's trying to kill her so that she can be alone with her father because he adores her and kind of worships her, I guess. And so my issue with this book is not the subject matter because it could have been really cool. My issue with it is it seemed, like I said, really repetitive with the way that Hannah was kind of trying to manipulate her mom. And it was really frustrating in the way that the mother would try and bring attention to what was happening to the father and the father was just in blatant denial, like for no reason at all. There was no belief or backing the wife at all. It it was just, and I hate to use the word adolescent, I guess, but it just 
It just didn't grab me at all. And it was kind of tough to get through. I kept kind of trudging on and sticking with it though because a lot of people said, oh, you're gonna be so in love with the ending. The ending is such a twist and it's gonna get you and it's just gonna blow your mind. And without giving away any spoilers or anything, I was not impressed. I was actually kind of mad that I had stuck with it because the ending was ridiculous to me and it was a cop-out. Nothing was really resolved at all. I mean, everybody's tastes are different and I get that. So a lot of people may like it, but for me as a horror fan, going into it with such high expectations, it was a no for me. I really didn't like it. That's that, I guess, as far as baby teeth goes. If you want to check it out, go ahead. It gets 82% positive reviews, so it's not like it's just a some people like it, some people don't. And it also has gotten Goodreads awards and things like that, but I just... Ugh. Every time I think about that book, I just it upsets me because I didn't like it. <laughs> anyway, moving on to something a little bit better. It's a movie that I recently just watched a couple days ago, and I literally cannot stop thinking about it. It's called Vivarium, and it's directed by Lorcan Finnegan and written by Garrett Shanley. It stars Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg. The reason, if I'm being honest, why I chose to watch it because I had heard nothing about it up to the point where we kind of saw it on the Apple TV for rent and for purchase. I have a big fan of Jesse Eisenberg already, but just the whole thing just seemed like a complete mindfuck and I was not let down. It was crazy. Basically, the synopsis on Google says this. Hoping to find the perfect place to live, a couple travel to a suburban neighborhood in which all the houses look identical. But when they try to leave the labyrinth-like development, each road mysteriously leads them back to where they started. That's underselling it. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. Underselling it. Basically, it's a really weird beginning to it. It's, it shows birds, baby birds, kind of, you know, acting like baby birds do and crying for food. They're blind and, you know, they can't see yet. A couple of them fall out of a tree and that's how it starts. It's, it's a weird imagery to even just start with. But basically Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots are a young couple and she's a teacher. He's a landscaper, I think I want to say. It's hinted that they've been trying to find a place to live together for a while and they go into this, I guess, real estate office and they meet this really odd real estate agent guy. He takes them to this place called Yonder. Yonder is a neighborhood where all of these new, it's like a housing development. All of the houses look exactly the same. They're this really weird, uneasy color of green. The yards look the same. There's nobody else in the neighborhood but those three. They go into the house to look around. And when I tell you that the real estate agent that's with them is odd, then that's, I can't even explain the oddness. It's just really uncomfortable. He shows them around. The real estate agent kind of disappears off the screen for a while and they go to leave the house and he's gone. Nowhere to be found. They kind of look at each other like, this is definitely not what we're looking for. Let's leave. And they get in the car and they try and leave the development, but they keep coming back in front of the house, which is number nine. They can't get out no matter what street they take. I mean, obviously it devolves into them kind of arguing about it. Oh, you're going the wrong way, you're going whatever. But no matter what they try, they end up right back where they started to the point where they run out of gas. They're basically forced to go inside of this house because they have nowhere else to go. 
And the atmosphere is really what sells this because it's really creepy subliminally. Like you can't really figure out what isn't right about the place, but it, there's really just something unreal about it. And they wake up the next day and they're tr still trying to find a way out. And the scene kind of is, it looks like a set of a movie, right? Everything's fake. The grass is fake. The clouds are even fake. But no matter what they do, they can't find another person living there. They can't find the way out. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character climbs up to the roof to try and see the end of the de development. And it just goes on forever. It's a really creepy vibe here. And what happens is they're kind of just living this day to day. And they get these boxes and they can't really figure out who's dropping off these boxes. And inside the first box is a bunch of food, but it's shrink wrapped. And it looks really artificial and very strange. They try and eat it and there's no taste, like no flavor. Um, they mention later on that they can't even smell anything unless they're sitting inside the car that they arrived in. So all of their senses kind of in that regard are gone. So artificial again. A little later, they receive a box that has a baby in it and a tag that says raise this child to be set free or something to, along those lines. So they try and raise this kid and it's so weird because obviously he's growing a little bit faster than a normal kid would grow but once he gets to I, I want to say like he's like seven eight years old he has a voice of like a teenager I guess I want to say but he's a child so it's everything's abnormal about this movie everything they have nothing to watch on tv when they turn the tv on it's this weird fractal geometric type shape things and this kid just randomly stands there that they have to raise and he just screams or he mimics their voices back to them about conversations that they had it's just really overall super odd and the ending kind of had me scratching my head a little bit admittedly it kind of left me a bit unfulfilled because I was kind of like what the fuck happened what does this mean what where were they but I kind of looked into it and I was reading a few interviews with the director and he explained a little bit of it and I don't want to give that away because then it's going to kind of ruin the experience because he's explaining it. Some people, I feel like you either love this movie or you hate this movie. I loved it. My roommate, not so much. He liked the imagery and stuff, but he didn't really enjoy the overall story of it. But visually, it was gorgeous and it was so original and the vibe wasn't in your face creepy like a normal horror movie, but it left you with kind of like an uneasiness. If you've ever seen the movie Into the Void, kind of like that. It's so weird. So I definitely would recommend that you guys check it out. Again, it's called Vivarium. I got it for rent on Apple TV. I'm not sure where else you could get it. I'm sure you can probably get it on Amazon Prime or something like that, but definitely give it a shot. It's really cool. I probably explained it super poorly. Let me know what you guys think of it if you check it out because I'd really like to be able to discuss it with someone else and see what your ideas were about what happened to them, how they ended up, all of that stuff. So moving on, uh, I wanted to kind of give a few updates for those of you who had listened to a few episodes back where I mentioned that I wanted to go to a bunch of these horror conventions that were going on that were going to be happening in my area in Los Angeles and that I had planned on going to. But because of COVID and all of the stuff that's kind of happened within this past month, 
a lot of them have been canceled and I'm not sure if you guys know all of that yet so I wanted to make sure just in case you didn't that now you know so the big one that obviously has been canceled has been Monster Palooza which was a huge bummer to me and it made me sad because <laughs> I was really really looking forward to Monster Palooza but unfortunately they canceled it however Son of Monster Palooza is still, as of right now, happening because that's a little bit later in the year, I think August or September. So that is tentatively still going on and hopefully we can make it to that one. I'm not quite sure yet. Midsummer Scream also is still happening, which is awesome. That's going to take place July 31st through August 2nd at the Long Beach Convention Center. Again, all of these are kind of tentative. Uh, We'll see, I guess, how everything shakes out with the lockdown and the safer at home stuff to see if everything is okay to go to, but I'll keep an eye out on it just in case anything were to change, I guess, and let you guys know on a later episode of the extra credit stuff. Stranger Con, which was the Stranger Things type of themed one. That one is still so far on. Um, it was going to be April 4th through 5th at the LA Convention Center, but again, the COVID stuff, and I think the convention center right now is being used as a medical facility in case of overflow in the hospitals. So the, it's still happening, but it moved to August 1st to August 2nd. So if you're thinking about going to Stranger Con, just know that that's what's going on with that one. As for Scare LA, it looks like that one is still going on so far. Um, I believe this one is in August. So that's a little ways away, so hopefully everything is cleared up by then. Um, the Oddities Flea Market, um, for some of you who are familiar with that one, that's supposed to be happening July 11th and July 12th is still tentatively going on as well. And tickets are still available there, so there's a pop-up that happens when you go to the website that lets you know that they're keeping an eye on the COVID development, so I'm sure if things get pushed through a few months, we might have a cancellation on that one. Now, Hollywood Horror Nights and things like that, that's the biggie for me because we go every single year. So far, that also is still going on because it starts in September, I believe. And I'm going to keep my eye real closely on that one because I'm going to be really bummed if they cancel all of these Halloween events. And it's going to be interesting to kind of see even if these safer at home type of limitations are lifted a little later in the summer, how they're going to handle the big crowds and stuff like that to see if they're going to keep it the way it was or if there's going to be limitations to how many people are in a crowd inside these haunts and conventions and things like that. So keeping my fingers crossed because I really don't honestly care if summer is messed up. I care more that October is messed up or September to October. I'll be really pissed. Okay, as far as that goes, while you're staying home, um, last episode, if you haven't listened to it, please go. At the end, I mentioned that Slasher, it's a social media app that I'm currently on, has compiled a list of 50 plus things to do while you're kind of just stuck inside. And a lot of them are just podcasts, movies, books, anything really that you can think of. And I kind of thought it might be really cool to go through and let you know kind of a rundown of some of the things that I've been looking at and kind of just randomly give different shout outs to the ones I've been looking at recently because I have a plan of going through them all because <laughs> that's just how things are right now. I'm only going to do one kind of shout out thing 
per extra credit episode just because I want you guys to be able to have the time to kind of check them out thoroughly. So this week I wanted to let you guys know about Madame Crufelli, the undead fortune teller, and her YouTube channel. It was so fun to me. I love this because it kind of gives me almost kind of Elvira vibes. Um, hopefully that's not an insult to her at all. I'm not sure, hopefully. <laughs> but the cool thing about her channel is she has a number of different types of topics that she touches upon. She does horror movie reviews. She does oracle card readings. She does top tens and gives her feedback on different things and different performances and things like that. And it's just really fun. I kind of got stuck in a YouTube quick hole with her stuff because her, she had her top 10 horror dinner scenes that she had posted for Thanksgiving, which was so super fun to watch. Her review of Attack of the Killer Donuts was fantastic. I loved it. I also loved the fact that she does these kind of matchup type things. She'll do horror movie death scene matchups. She'll do horror villain matchups, stuff like that. It's just kind of just good fun. It's not super serious type of horror stuff. So check her out. Super personable and just easy to kind of want to follow, subscribe, kind of just keep up with. So definitely check it out. And lastly, is just wanted to mention this cool thing that you guys might want to check out while you're just sitting with your phone or whatever. Apparently, thanks to Google, Bran Castle, or the castle in Transylvania that was the inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula, there's a virtual tour. You can go and take a walk around the grounds and tour the castle. and It's pretty cool, actually. You can just Google it. It should pop up. I'm not sure. The Paris Catacombs also, I think, are doing the same type of thing if you want to check that out as well. There's a lot of really cool things that most of us probably wouldn't be able to see, especially now that are kind of on lockdown. We can't really go on tours or travel or whatever like that so I thought that was pretty cool I haven't checked it out yet um, I just kind of saw a few stills from Instagram and things like that but I'll put the link to checking it out on the website if you guys want to or you can just google it like I said if not and you're bored again go and check out that slasher.tv slash 50 things list there's a bunch of stuff on there to check out while you're doing nothing Otherwise, that's it for this extra credit episode. Sorry for the ramble, but get used to it. I'll be back next Monday with a new full-length specialized episode like normal with a new topic and Wednesday with a new extra credit episode. So until then, guys, see you next time.